Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host of the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Sean, it's great to be back at the kitchen table here. And we have our daughter, Evita Duffy, joining us today. Um, Evita, we brought you in because we're fascinated by what's going on in Spain. And it's something that's not just affecting Spain. I think that the whole world is watching or should be watching. This is a global movement against socialism and globalism. Of course, there were some, obviously, some domestic issues that sparked it, but there's a lot behind it. So why don't you just jump in and sort of lay the groundwork of what of of why the, specifically what happened in the parliament, why the 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 protests erupted, um, and and this reaction to what is essentially a socialist coup. So republic, well, Republicans. I'm going to say we're conservatives, right? Because they have different names for their parties. The conservatives in Spain uh, won the most recent election, so they should have control over the Spanish government. But the the socialist prime minister, his name is Pedro Sanchez, he wanted to maintain power. And so in order to keep control of his government, he's made an amnesty deal with with separatists in Spain. And so like in in America, we have states, they have like autonomous zones in Spain. One of them is Catalonia. And at the part of Spain where they 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 believe they have their own culture. They think that they should be separate from Spain. Nationalists in Spain say, no, you're, you've always been part of Spain. You've never been your own country. And so Sanchez has made a deal with the Catalonians to say, I'm going to pardon many, a, a bunch of, of, of people who tried to make Catalonia its own country back in 2017 and essentially committed treason. Um, people who have been thrown in jail or been expelled from the country suddenly are going to get these these pardons in order for Sanchez and to have more control over the Spanish government and maintain power. And the problem is that the people in Spain have said no to socialism. In the last election, they said, we don't like the way that Pedro Sanchez has been running our government. They, they describe it as Venezuela 2.0. Um, the unemployment is through the roof. Rent is through the roof. Uh, inflation is 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 sky high. People are suffering. Um, they're sending you know m- tons of millions or billions of dollars to to the war in Ukraine or to globalist uh, green energy projects. And so they've said no. We don't like the way that Spain is going. And yet the prime minister is maintaining power essentially by making deals with criminals. Uh, and now so, the Spaniards. So they are- vote. 
So, so they voted for, they voted against the socialists, but then they have to go back into the parliament. So, so how does that work? So, so the conservatives didn't get 50% plus one of the vote. They had the most votes, but they didn't actually win the election, which opened up the door for the, the leftists to find a coalition exactly. government of, of sorts. And the, is it, I don't know the name of the party is the leftist coalition partnered with um, the, the Catalonians to, and made a deal where they were going to offer um, amnesty so they could um, get more parliamentary seats than the conservatives. Is that right, Evita? Yep, that's right. Okay. Um, and so what's the, what's the response in Spain been to this idea that uh, the insurrectionists, that's a <laughs> term we use here often, but the insurrectionists um, being pardoned uh, in Spain, what's what are, what are the, what are what are the people doing? How they responded to it? I mean, they're in they're in the streets protesting. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, uh, are in the streets uh, protesting the amnesty deal and protesting the prime minister for taking over the government. And it's something that we we you know should be seeing in America, right? I mean, this is happening actually right now uh, in the states. Our own president uh, is is trying to maintain power by persecuting. Uh, his political, his primary political opponent, Donald Trump, is facing countless charges in multiple jurisdictions. Um, meanwhile, the FBI, so run by the Biden administration, is targeting conservatives, Catholics, pro-lifers. Uh, we are facing very similar issues here with the weaponization of a government against its people on one side of the aisle. And yet we're not seeing the same kind of protests that are happening in Spain, which is really interesting because Spain is a country that doesn't have the First Amendment. They don't have the right to free speech or the right to bear arms or the right to assemble. We have that, and yet we're not using it. Why do you think? Why do you think the Spaniards are... And by the way, they have like a permit... The the the, the right, the party on the right box um, has declared permanent, it, you know, it, uh, protests until this is resolved um, in, in their favor. Yeah. So why don't we have this a similar type of? It's a it's a serious problem we have in America right now. I think there was a real chilling effect post January six when a lot of people who rightfully protested um, the the twenty twenty election, and we know that there are there were irregularities in that election. The primary reason being that our federal government colluded with big tech companies to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story and had you know a vast majority of people who voted for Joe Biden known about it, many of them would have changed their votes and ultimately, uh, you know, flipped the results of that election. So they were rightfully protesting. And because of that, many of them are still on no fly lists. Um, they, they've been some of them been put in solitary confinement. Now, not this is not to, you know, downplay what happened on January 6th. There were people who did stuff that was wrong, um, not right, deserved to have have justice. But the vast majority of people were very peaceful there and have face the wrath of the federal government. And now I think many are just afraid because they saw fellow patriots do virtually nothing on January 6th, um, have their lives destroyed. And they say, you know what? It's not worth it anymore. And they, they, the federal government has, has basically sent a signal with January 6th to the rest of Americans to say, if you protest our, our, our right to rule over you, if you protest this government, this Biden administration, um, or, or, or question the integrity of elections, which is, you know, the basis of, of, of our, of our country without, you know, without 
uh, confidence in our elections, everything starts to fall apart. But if they're, they've essentially said, if you question that, you are going to face the wrath of the federal government. And so now here in America, we had the First Amendment and all these protections encouraging us um, to take an active role in our in our freedom and democracy. Um, we are now cowering while the Spaniards who have none of that are fighting back. That's a really good point. So we, there were drop boxes, mail-in balloting, uh, the, the security around our elections didn't exist uh, in 2020. And people, that, that'll, that'll, that'll breed um, skepticism no matter where it's tried. Having security around elections and knowing the results are what they are is, is going to uh, bring a unity of the uh, of the people because they all agree one 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 lost and they accept the results. Um, you, you bring up January sixth. There's concerns not only about the prosecution of people who peacefully walk through the Capitol, some for just a couple minutes, um, but also the allegations that uh, the federal government infiltrated January sixth. Not only that, if you look to uh, uh, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan and how the FBI infiltrated this small group of like not very smart guys to do this kidnapping scheme of, of Gretchen Whitmer and uh, yeah. several were found not guilty. But to take it a, a step further, when you now voice your opinion in America, you go to a school board, all of a sudden the FBI may very well target you if you don't line up with a school board that wants to transition oh. your children. Or if you're just a, I, I don't, I, I'm not involved in any, I'm not involved in anything. I just, you know what I work, I raise my family. I go to church on Sunday and I'm a Catholic who is traditional. I go to the Latin mass. You for just that can be targeted. So I think you're right. I think there's a lot of things that have happened over the course of the last two years that would have normally brought out conservative protests. I think there would have been protests outside of courthouses where Donald Trump was mm -hmm. indicted um, and the hearings that he's had. Nothing's happening and because conservatives are too afraid to let their voices be heard. What kind of country do you live in when you're afraid to exercise your First Amendment? And I, I just want to add that it's not it's not just that they are targeting conservatives. It's that um, when it comes to our First Amendment rights and assembling and protesting, it's also that they don't do anything when the left protests and not just protests when the left riots, the left, the BLM riots torched American cities, billions of dollars in damages. People, I mean, people's lives are destroyed. More people were killed uh, over the course totally. of the 2020 BLM riots than ever on the on, on Capitol on the in the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Um, there were no consequences. Our own vice president was raising money to get people out of bail them out of jail. So I, um, I I think we they have sent a signal that they're one side. It's OK to speak about one side. It's OK to protest one side. Uh, it's OK to exercise your rights. Um, and even go further than exercise your rights, right? When one said it's okay to commit crimes and thinking of even Jane's revenge post, uh, Roe v. Roe v. Wade, they torched pro-life centers. None of them were brought to justice. Uh -huh. And then the real rights, right? The just peacefully assembling, uh, you will find yourself at the wrath of the federal government. Uh, this is actually what communist China did, where you guys have interviewed Jivan Fleet about how they, they had, um, you know, the, the, the Red Guards, right, who in, in China were allowed to commit atrocities. Um, meanwhile, if they were going after you and they were targeting you, um, in China, you could go to jail for the smallest thing. They were just going to get you. And so it's, it's a, it's a two tier justice system, uh, in the same way that we see in across all authoritarian governments in America now. Can, can, I, can I just bring something up? So, so Jen Psaki, who now works at MSNBC, but she used to be, uh, the spokesperson for the Biden administration. She had the audacity 
it was about two days ago, to actually say this. If elected to a second term, Donald Trump would prosecute anyone he deemed an enemy, unleash troops on protesters, and essentially unravel the rule of law as we know it. And this time, he plans to line his administration with people who will actually help him do it. Be sure. Joe Biden is three years older and occasionally trips over things at this end of the quote. But what Jen Psaki is saying on MSNBC is that Donald Trump is going to do what Democrats are right now doing to conservatives. Um, they prosecuted 11 former Trump aides uh, from Peter Navarro, uh, Bannon. Um, uh, I had to listen for it. There's, there's, I mean, countless people have been prosecuted, including Donald Trump himself. And they want to come out and Meadows, say- Meadows. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of people. Um, Rick Gates, mm-hmm. uh, Manafort, um, Papadopoulos. The, I mean, the list is long of people they prosecuted. And Flynn. G- General Flynn, that's right. As we sat here, they can keep thinking of more. Yeah, keep, up. the names keep coming. But it's, but it's true that, they, that, they, that they're going after conservatives, prosecuting them for nothing. Lying to the FBI, you can make that charge against anybody who talks to the FBI. They can make that charge against you. And- um, here we're supposed to think that Donald Trump is going to undermine the First Amendment and democracy like Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's absolutely insane. So so now what's going to happen in Spain? What are, What's the latest that you're hearing? Why? I don't know. I mean, I, I it's, it's going to be a, a watch and, 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 and kind of find out thing. I, I what I have heard is and there's we haven't talked about this, but there was the founder of Vox who was actually shot in the face. Um, a while ago, the media is saying that like two weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah. And the media is Sorry, this box is the conservative party. They're like the MAGA party. So there's yeah. like the there's like the, the people's party, Spain, which is the sort of the Partido Popular. Right. Yep. Yep. They are like the, the mainstream conservatives. Um, but they've been described by real conservatives in Spain as more of the uniparty. Right. They they have the same. Um, social and economic beliefs as the socialists on virtually everything. Uh, and that's what really brought the emergence of Vox, which is the the MAGA conservatives of, of Spain. They they say they want to make Spain great again. That's a tagline of theirs. Um, very populist, genuinely um, conservative when it comes to social values. They're the ones that are anti-globalists. Really- anti-globalist. They're the ones that are really leading the fight um, with this protest and what and their founder um, was was shot in in the face um, very recently. And mm. they they have said um, members of Vox that I've spoken with have said that they don't think they'll ever actually find the perpetrator uh, in this. Just how we were talking about with 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 China, where some crimes are are OK and some crimes will, you know, land you in a world of hurt. Mm. Um, this seems to be one of them that we may never get to the bottom of because it was committed against the founder of Vox. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. 
While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. Well, it's interesting. Let's see if other other countries are are looking at Spain. I know that a lot of Americans have been looking at Spain and these protests and going, wow, as you said, this is a country without many of the of the of the rights that we have. And there they are on the street night after night after night saying we want to get our country back. Um, what's happening is a socialist coup. Um, you know, the socialists and the communists banding together with the separatists um, and, 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 and letting people go, get out of jail who shouldn't be out of jail in order to make that deal happen. And in the, in the process, um, a lot of people's um, votes feel like they're not um, being recognized and, and accounted for. And what's interesting too is we talk about globalism a lot, but you have seen a globalization of movements. So you yeah, again, so, you know, so, so you know, make Spain great again. I wonder where that phrase came from, yes. right? There's the conservatives um, and populists around the world. The leaders have kind of taken the successes of of what people have done in their countries and been able to apply them in their own country to to hopefully win elections. But you've also seen the left partner up with messaging, but also with the power. I mean, there's been many accusations made against our government uh, meddling in other elections, helping the leftists, the Marxists actually win those elections as opposed to the conservatives. By the way, as we mentioned in a previous podcast with Mike Gallagher, it's the conservatives that line up with America and the progressives are the ones that go to China. And our government helps the progressives who line up with China actually win. And it's interesting, again, the globalization of how these races are being run and the and the right on one side and the left on the other. Yeah, I think it's interesting, Sean, like the messaging, obviously we live in a, in a world of social media and instant information. And so it's much easier to have, to see what's working message-wise politically in America and yeah. go, wait, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. Maybe we should adopt that message. It used to be back in the day, you know, some of our our, consult, our political consultants in America will get paid a lot of money to go to Latin America or Europe and help certain parties with their messaging, I think. Um, but now th- these messages are out there. But I think that the real thing is that globalism impacts all of us. And at the heart of so many, of uh, you know, we call it Marxism, socialism, but really globalism um, is, 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 a, is part and parcel with that. And so um, the idea of of not, you know, people in Europe saying we don't want, you know, the WEF or even Brussels and the and the and the EU bureaucrats to tell us what to do. We're Spain or we're Italy or we're whatever. We're Hungary. Um, and in America, we have the same issues where we don't want to be right. run by by these globalist forces. And so the messages are common because I think the threat is universal. I just I was going to mention the same point that that the globalists have made such advances that we're seeing the same problems in all these countries yes. around the world because globalism has infected basically every corner of the of the earth, which is why conservatives have been able to message similarly to fight and confront this globalist movement and, and have, again, 
have borders, have respect for your country and your, and your norms and your values and your history. All of those very important to many people uh, who are now, again, voting for these conservatives in places like Spain that conservatives won. It's pretty wild for a country that's been pretty leftist for the last couple of decades. And immigration has been a big issue there. Yes. It's a big part of it, isn't it, Evita? Oh, yeah. Immigration is huge. I mean, mom knows members of Vox. Uh, I do as well. And they'll say that there are there are no go zones in Spain now because of this this massive influx of of mostly Muslim migrants from North Africa who have taken over neighborhoods and young women, Spanish women cannot go to them. Um, during certain hours of of the evening and night because horrible things will happen. And unlike in America, Spaniards can't carry a weapon. So they are they are they are put in these extremely unsafe situations without any way of defending themselves. And the Spaniards rightfully are fed up. So that's been sort of the safety issue of it, right? The personal safety part of the immigration. Um, that's one component, but another component, and that this has been happening for a while. Um and that is the cultural sort of watering down of, of what it means to be a Spaniard, or if you're in Italy, what it means to be Italian, or what it means to be Hungarian, or or wherever Polish American, um, or and and again and and here as well. And so in Spain, you know, they have they, you know socialism has already done a number to the country in terms of secularizing it and and separating the nation from its Catholic roots. Um, but now this massive influx of, of, of Muslims from Africa is also doing um, a number on sort of the cultural heritage. And that's something that the Vox Party, more so than the Partido Popular, the other sort of watered down conservative party, um, Vox is really the one saying, hey, we need we have something to be proud of here as Spaniards, our yeah. deep history, our, 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 our Catholic roots. Um, these are things we want to hold on to. And, and, and our country is falling apart. Really. I mean, as somebody, I, I, you know, I, my mom is from Spain. I lived in Spain as a kid. It's really fascinating to see. You tour both Spanish that? The, the, the trek that, um, you know, just how far Spain has fallen because of socialism. And for, for me, it's always been such a warning sign. And it, but it has been really heartening to see, you know, you know, in some accounts, say over a million, you know, Spaniards are on the on the streets, um, fighting back against this this coup. But again, at a deeper level, it's a cultural, um, it's a cultural issue as well. Yeah. Can I can I can I just explain before we have to move on? Just a couple things. Yeah. Spain. But we have really really important topics like, you well, know, other cultural issues. Are- Travis Kelsey and Taylor <laughs> Swift. <laughs> okay, go ahead. We bring the conversation to Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, I, I, there's there's a couple things that are are unique about Spain when we talk about why aren't people rising up in America? Okay, well there's there is a, there's definitely a chilling effect, but there's a couple other things as well. One of them is that Spain actually fought an ideological war um, in in the 1930s between um, conservatism and radical leftism, communism. Uh, that this was the Spanish Civil War. We've talked about it on the podcast. Um, we have family that was that was uh, in Spain during the Civil War, um, had, you know, was was traumatized during it. Um, ex- you know, a, a, an extended family member was a priest. Um, this was uh, on my on mom's mom's side, who was actually murdered during during the Spanish Civil War for being buried alive. Yep. Buried alive. Um, they yeah, I mean, it was like a 
horrible, horrible things happened. And so um, the the left has repainted this war to say it was between fascism, Nazism in some ways, and and then uh, you know just democracy and and liberalism, and it was not that. Um, and they were able to rewrite that history. Um, be in America because they really have a monopoly on our on our school books. I got the leftist side of the Spanish Civil War in high school, and then I went and talked to my yaya, who said, "No, that's not what happened at all." Um, and I was able to get it on a firsthand account. The problem is that in Spain, there are still people who were alive during the Civil War who had grandparents who told them the firsthand accounts, especially Catholics in Spain. And so the the left has not been quite as successful. Um, in in burying that history in the country that it actually happened. And so the left had thought, never will Spain go to the right because fascism was so horrible in Spain. And actually what's hap- what we're, ha- we're seeing now in the streets, right, is people saying, no, the Civil War was not what you have been trying to to brainwash us all with. Um, this this was, you know, the the destruction of our, our civilization and our values um, and, and our Catholic faith um in, in in trying to replace it with communism and and atheism and so something that's unique about their protests right now is they're looking back at what the communists did to them in very recent memory and they're also yeah marketing back to their specifically catholic heritage um something that in america we haven't we we are we are a christian country we definitely are uh, but the left has been very successful in America at taking God out of everything, out of the schools, uh, out of every, out of the, you know, the courthouses. There's no Ten Commandments. Um, trying to say that, you know, we are we are a country that allows all religions. Therefore, we're not Christian, um, which was never the intention of the founding fathers. And so, for us, as we're looking at what happened in Spain, um, we have to remind ourselves what we're actually facing, right? What what does communism, socialism, what does that look like in practice? Because we haven't seen it, but the Spaniards have, the Soviets have. Um, we should be able to look at those countries to remind ourselves we are fighting and then also have the Christian backing because it's essential to actually fight this. Um, and I, I don't always see that when we're, when we're trying to, right. to, you know, defend our country. You know, I was in Miami last week um, because of the debates and I was able to go do diners for Fox and Friends at a Cuban restaurant, La Carreta. And it's so fascinating. I love being around Cubans and Venezuelans and people who have this firsthand and, and people like my mom who have this firsthand experience um, with with communism and fighting communism. Now, my mom was born just after the Civil War, but her family was basically um as, as Evita said, traumatized by the whole experience of the Spanish, Spanish Civil War. Her family was never the same after um, because of the atrocities and so forth. Um, but it's, it's interesting when you talk to people who have lived and experienced um, totalitarianism, communism, authoritarianism, um, this, this anti-Christian um, uh, ideology, uh, they are very, very, very aware of what is happening in our country. And they do such a service to our country when they tell their stories and sort of try to give us a warning. Um, back in the 1930s, Sean, a, a lot of American elites, especially in the Hollywood writer set, you know, like there were a lot of people who were misled about what the Spanish Civil War was. And they came thinking they were fighting against fascists when they were indeed fighting against, you know, anti-communists and well, Catholics. Well, and, huh? 
George Orwell came to George Orwell. And, and one of those, and, and there were a lot of people that, a lot of Americans who enlisted in the war on the side of the communists, thinking they were fighting they called, fascism. They called themselves Lincoln's Brigade. <laughs> That's right. And they came here, one of them was George Orwell, and he came here to fight, you know, against the fascists. And when he got there, he saw how evil the communists were yeah. and how brutal they were and how wrong they were. And he came back um, very sort of disillusioned by this this thing that he, he thought he was working towards and said, I want nothing to do with it. And he had a new vision of what communism was. And then he came back and he he wrote, you know, 1984, he wrote uh, Animal Farm. Um, Animal Farm really was very much about his experience in Spain. Um, and you can read into that. Uh, but but yes, the, the history, you're right, Evita, um, was wrong. And um, the, those people were on the wrong side of history, as Obama likes to say. And I think it's important as we look at this whole moment that we're in right now, that we be on the right side of history. Um, here in our own country, we are fighting many of these same forces. And, and yet, as you say, Evita, we're not on the, we're not on the streets. And what, um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Cause I want to move on to this next topic. Yeah, right. I was just going to say that. And what something key that George Orwell, you know, realized uh, after, you know, observing what, what communism looks like in practice is that the people that it's supposed to help, right? The, the, the people that should be getting the redistributed wealth, the poor or even the lower middle classes are the ones that end up getting absolutely crushed by communism. Uh, that was his takeaway. And that is actually the takeaway of the Spaniards today who have seen what Pedro Sanchez has done to Spain again with his socialist policies. The poor people, um, minorities, right? The ones at the left uh, always says that they care so much about are the ones that get get absolutely destroyed. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Yeah, the middle class is 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 getting hit the hardest in Spain and they are facing really, if you think that the economics are bad here in the United States, even worse in Spain. Okay, so the world is just going crazy, um, Evita and Sean, and, and people are, you know, the, the war in the Middle East, war in Ukraine, these, uh, you know, uh, protests here in the United States, protests in Europe. The news has been so heavy. And if you're in the news industry, you definitely feel it. Um, like Sean and I, it can be um, draining. And so this Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift love story, I think has been a respite um, for America. It's sort of this way to just escape all this craziness. And I think people are really, I, I mean this, I'm not being, I'm not being, you know, sarcastic or facetious here. I, 
I think people are loving following this love affair because it's, it's, it is an escape, but it seems real to me. I mean, it's so adorable. So this week, uh, I know Vita and I have had a, a little bit of a disagreement on this, but this week, Taylor Swift went to, her, to do her Latin American tour while she was in Brazil. Travis Kelsey flew over, met Taylor Swift's dad for the first time, which was interesting, went to her concert. Uh, while she's at the concert, she changed the lyrics of a song Hold to on. say his name. I think that actually she canceled a concert first because of rain. It was for rain. And then they went to dinner and then she later went and did her concert and changed the lyrics, right? Right. She changed the lyrics for the song and he was just like, he, he kind of turned red. He grabbed his face. He was just like, couldn't believe it. And all the fans went wild. At the end of the concert, um, he was waiting on, you know, side stage and she ran up to him and she kissed him and, and, and it was captured also. And, it, you know, the world went wild. The crowd went wild. I don't know. I'm loving it. I feel like it's sincere. And here's what's also happened. Um, a lot of young women who, and, and you know, we've been talking about this for a while. A lot of young women in America are sort of, you know, pessimistic on love, don't think love is possible, looking for love in all the wrong places, if you will, not really looking for marriage and, and long-term relationships. Um, and, and now I'm seeing all this social media buzz of, of young women going, maybe, maybe I could fall in love. Maybe there are really great men like this. By the way, Travis Kelsey, Midwesterner, he's from Ohio. We've talked about that. Um, and she's also sort of a, a middle class down, down to earth kind of girl that, that those are her roots as well. And so I don't know. I'm just loving this whole thing. And it's, it's spawning a lot of hope. I think. What do you think, Abita? I think, or are you a cynic? I think no. <laughs> I do not. I think no. <laughs> I, Taylor Swift has been atrocious, atrocious to every man she has ever dated. Save maybe she turned a new leaf. How? What? When? When did the change happen? She, wasn't she just dating some some guy for like one month who like had this really spotted weird social media history? She's not. A, she is not a good girlfriend. She's proven that. She's she goes through men. You know, like there's like six of them every year, and then she writes a mean song about them every time. Um, I am not. I do not have a lot of confidence in this relationship. I do not think that she is a down-to-earth girl. She might have had a somewhat normal upbringing until she was 13. And then she was, you know, brought into the, the, the you know, celebrity world where she, you know, has a lot of celebrity friends and she lives a very, she has a very out-of-touch lifestyle with most people. She's, this is not a down-to-earth girl. This is not a girl who can maintain relationships um, I, I find her to be really insufferable with her insertion of politics and her crying about how everybody is sexist against women because they criticize her. That's actually something she does. If you criticize her, she'll say that you're anti-woman. And even feminists have come out and say, and said, um, no, that's, that's not what sexism is. That's just people being critical of you. Not a fan of Taylor Swift. I wish her well. I hope it works out. I don't have a lot of confidence in that, though. Okay, I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut the baby on this because I agree with both of you in part. So I agree with Avita's assessment of Taylor Swift. Um, I and I don't have great hopes for this relationship because, as far as relationships go, Taylor Swift is a train wreck. This is going to this is this is going to be a car crash, 
And it'll be just as exciting to watch the breakup as it was to watch the love affair, right? So I think you're right, Avita. Now, with that said, I do agree with you, Rachel, in 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 the sense that um, it's really interesting for a lot of, especially young women, to get these messages about do it yourself and you don't need a man and don't fall in love and be concerned about your job and your bank account, like all these messages. And then they see this. Uh, obviously, they like Taylor Swift. I'm not. A, I'm not the biggest fan. I shook her off a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think to, to, to be interested in this budding love affair, I think the interest in it shows there's something in their own hearts that go, to your point, Rachel, maybe that, is, maybe that would be really good for me. Maybe I would like that myself. I'm attracted to what they have. And when you're attracted to what these two have, it might make you think, maybe what I'm hearing on social media and in culture is In my women's true. studies department. Yes, this is actually, this, and, and, and so, so my point is, this may not work for Travis and Taylor. It may not. But it may work for a young girl out there who saw that to go, I want that. And it may actually work when they find the love of their life that they might actually, they might actually be able to, you know, fall in love, get married, have a big family. Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey may change the trajectory of marriage and love and families in America by this inspirational love story that is doomed to fail. How about I that? don't think it's doomed to fail. I think that, you know, there are lots of people that are in terms of relationships, train wrecks until they find the right person, right? Yeah. And maybe she found her person. Here's some of the things that people like about it. And then I'll tell you what, what some of the concerns are as well. So Go. the other than that, he's Mr. Pfizer. And, you know, I, that would be a really huge turnoff for me. The Aaron, fact that Aaron he was, Rogers, um, yeah, he, he is Mr. Pfizer and he did. And he did a good job, Aaron, Aaron Rogers on, on, oh, on wow. giving him that title. But other than the whole beta vaccination thing, he's a pretty manly guy. Um, you know, he's tough. He's strong. He's confident. I mean, he, he started dressing in this sort of like funky way. Long before he met Taylor Swift, it's not like a Taylor a reaction to meeting a superstar like Taylor Swift. Um, he's got this thing going on. Um, he, he's he's very confident. He's very buff. He's very strong. He's got this masculine yeah, 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 yeah. energy strong, about him. Masculine. He was too. I mean, don't get jealous. Um, jealous he's got time. this. He's got this thing. Right. He opens the door for her. Um, he'll go. He's supportive of her at the same time going to her concert, and she's supportive of him. And he clearly, he clearly performs at his best when she's there. He's trying to impress her. I love that about him. Now, here's what some people are saying, Abidana, and wait, this wait, is what before, I'm curious before about. Did, before we started this podcast, there's a little glass of Kool-Aid over here that Rachel drank on this. No, <laughs> I'm serious. I have analyzed this thing. I have mm-hmm. analyzed this thing, and I am liking. I am liking that America is falling in love with falling in love. That's the I, first I, step. I love it. I and if these people are bringing love back. Good. That's what we should be talking about. And by the way, they've talked babies already. Oh, so that's baby. exciting as well. So, um, so, 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 but here's what some people have said. Some people have, have looked at the social media, you know, uh, videos that have been on, on about like, oh my gosh, maybe, maybe, maybe love is possible. You know, and as Sean said, it's just, it's, it's a reaction to the, to the feminist messages that are going out there. But then other people are saying, wait a minute there's a problem here. He's a multimillionaire. She's a 
you know, I think a billionaire. These people are living this fantasy and 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 this this idea of Kelsey being, you know, Travis Kelsey being the the, the sort of symbol of this is going to be a letdown in the end for a lot of a lot of women and that they're set these women are setting their expectations so high that these poor guys that they're going to try to date you know as they're trying to get their own love affair going are going to suffer by the, the high expectations thoughts evita okay so this is actually in, a, in reaction to a video um that that mom sent where there are others i sent you one of them but there are others so Potentially, it could be a problem. Um, I think that the expectations are too high if you think you're going to be dating or marrying, you know, a, a star NFL player. There's only a handful of them. And men of that caliber, I mean, it's you, you have to be a Taylor Swift to, you know, get a guy who or get their attention or, or yeah. 10 and looks and, and to, to get a guy who's who is, you know, that famous and that wealthy. Um, but when we're talking about the way that Travis has been treating Taylor, which was um, one of the things that was brought up that he holds the door open for her. Uh, he looks like he's in love with her. He supports her. He goes to her, you know, concerts yes. and he seems like he really loves her um, and does very gentlemanly things that transcends socioeconomic status. Any guy can do that. Um, and I don't think it's too much for a woman to to want uh, a guy who who treats her like a queen. I think that you can, yeah. we can, we can say, okay, I might not get the NFL player, but I can get the guy that, you know, is going to treat me the same way that Travis Kelsey is treating Taylor. I think that's a perfectly normal expectation and reasonable expectation for a woman to have. Especially in this era where women, I mean, for so long, men are like, I don't know whether I should open the door for them or not. Um, I've met young women who are, uh, you know, Z, Generation Z, also in millennials who are like, I, I, we go in on, we go Dutch on our dates. I'm like, what? So like, yeah, and for, for I think he's putting this like sort of gentlemanly, sort of traditional courtship dating thing forward and doing it in a very gentlemanly and, and masculine way that's super attractive to women. And I think that's great. So there are, there are definitely men who are apprehensive about being gentlemanly toward women because of what our culture has done and the way that yeah. it has um, deteriorated the the manners that men used to have and the way that they used yeah. to treat women. Yeah. But yeah. On, for women, if you want a man to treat you that way, you have to treat teach people how to treat you, right? And so you can, yeah. you can encourage them or say, hey, it's okay to, you know, like there there are ways that you can encourage them to treat you that way it, i i mean one woman that i a friend of mine she she will go up to the door and she'll just wait she won't open the door and she'll wait till he opens it and you give that indication that i want you to do that um and some some men need that um and it shouldn't be a it's a slight or or a, oh well they're automatically un, unmasculine or don't have good manners it's it's frankly it's a problem with our culture um and women just need right. the extra mile but maybe this will reverse that that reverse that trend that has so so negatively affected the relationships between the sexes and i think that that tension of not knowing what to do. I mean, there's something beautiful about knowing what you're supposed to do in a courtship as a woman and as a man. And we've sort of disrupted that. And now there's a lot of uncertainty and people don't know how to act. Sean, do you think that it's possible that Travis 
Kelsey and Taylor Swift can bring back courtship and love to America? Only time will tell. Um, but I, I do think it's a possibility that women, as more so than men, could be interested in love again. That's a positive. And the courtship, I do think you, you learn by examples and people or a relationship that you look up to. If you see a man opening a door for a woman, you're like, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Am I supposed to open a door for her? Oh, so okay. Maybe, I, that we're there. maybe I'll, am I supposed to let her walk out of an elevator before me? Um, things that just very, very common gentlemanly things that used to be done. I agree with you, Vita. Now all of a sudden it's like you're, you know, you're a, a male chauvinist. Uh, if you do these things and these, this whole feminist movement has really attacked these gentlemanly things that men used to do more frequently. So that's a, I, I agree. There's, there's a couple of positives here. Um, that could come out of whether they last or they don't last, some, some good things could happen. And again, I, the, you, the first point you made, Rachel, I agree with, the news is heavy. There's a yeah. lot of things happening right now that are it's really depressing yeah. and really uh, weighing on the hearts of so many Americans. And to have a little respite from that, a little take my eye off that ball, let me watch this little love story. Let me see this love story this this train wreck that's about to happen it's is not, kind of enjoyable. Trick. You guys are so, so to that, pessimistic. And to that end, I think it's been a, a really good distraction. There's another thing that I really love about this romance, and that is how it's progressing so nicely and so quickly. I really hate these nine-year engagements. Um, I love that she introduced him to her father um, while they were on the concert, that she got to hang out with his family on um, both in the at the game, but also they had like some sort of pregame thing at his his mansion in, in Kansas City, I guess. Didn't he, um, didn't, I don't know, didn't he pursue her? Didn't he like, they didn't. Oh yeah, her. no, he put it he out to like, the internet. Like, like we basically he was on a podcast. He was on a podcast and she was coming to town and he said something about a bracelet that he wanted to get to her. Like he definitely put it out into the world that he wanted me. I, that yeah. was awesome too. So in, I love the there, thing. There's a message for boys to go. I'm just, I'm, 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 just, I'm just, I'm speaking about the inevitable that's, that's going to come. But for, for men to actually go after what you want. Pursue what you like. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Travis Kelsey did it and he stating Taylor Swift. I mean, hey, you could talk to the girl in the library. You never know how that's going to turn out. Or talk the cubicle the, next door. The cubicle next door. The, the, the woman you see at the coffee machine that you don't talk to, maybe strike up a conversation. Give her a bracelet. And maybe you'll go to her concert. Who knows? <laughs> Be amazing. I'm, I'm loving it. Vita, last thoughts on Travis and, and Taylor. I, Dad's point was just reminding me of, of my husband and how... Um, I, I had liked him like all through high school and he always was like, well, I never really thought that you liked me, but I kind of liked you, but like, I didn't ask you out because I wasn't sure. And I just was like, wow, we could have dated way earlier than we did. And it was it worked out. <laughs> but my point is that I think men need to also, like dad said, um, have, have some confidence. Women like and courage. Yeah. Have some courage, take the plunge, take the risk, ask him out because there's that study that says, you know, this this exorbitant amount of males, 18 to, you know, 30 or whatever, have never asked women out in their lives. You're never going to get into a relationship like that because women don't make the first move generally. So men have to be courageous, take the plunge, take the cue from Travis Kelsey and and see what happens. And don't be afraid to be bad at it. You can be bad at asking someone out. And they're the I'm sure the woman's pregnancy is some humor in it and the difficulty in which you're in. 
But you don't get to that point unless you actually That's make so true, really, Sean. really awkward, uncomfortable ask. It will be a great story later on that you can tell your kids about that awkward moment that you asked mom out or whatever. Um, I think I that taking taking a chance, taking a risk. By the way, women can also take a, a risk in a relationship. I was the first person to say that I loved you and that I wanted to marry you. <laughs> But I was a little, I was a little more Travis Kelsey. I was a, I was a pursuer. I had a you pursuer pursued a me. It didn't go anywhere. Then I came back around and, and said, I, I love you. I want to marry you. Um, so, but, but, but the, the thing is, everybody's love story is different. Your love story is not going to be Taylor Swift's and Travis Kelsey's. Um, you're going to have a different love story, but we can all take some hope, um, some inspiration from a return to courtship a return to male and masculine roles in relationships instead and the complementarity of the sexes versus the way feminism and our culture has pitted men against women. Um, I, I love this. I hope that America falls in love with love. Thank you, Travis Kelsey. Thank you, Taylor Swift. So Travis, get off the vaccines. Be fully a man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to re-up my man card here. I just want everyone, all the males listening, which I appreciate this, um, you can tell I don't pick all the topics on the podcast. I did not choose this man. I get brought in to Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey, and I come willingly. I'm a willing participant. Mm. But um, uh, just so you guys, all the men, I didn't actually pick this topic. So I just said, but, but you see the value in it. I can see that you're feeling this, um, that you you I, can see that America needed a brace. We, we just got done talking about, you know, heavy stuff. some really heavy stuff. Earlier in the week, we talked about China taking over. And then with you, we're talking about, you know, issues of liberty and globalism and all this stuff. And and now thank you, Travis and Taylor, for giving us a little break. There we go. Um, that we needed. Evita, uh, thank you for joining us at the kitchen table. Yeah. Great conversation. Talking Spain, talking uh, Taylor Swift, a little culture and culture. Uh different tones. Rachel, good job with you too. Listen, thank you all for joining us at the kitchen table. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe. Wherever you get your podcast, you can always find us at foxnewspodcast.com. Please subscribe. Get a notice. Every time we drop, we drop Wednesday, Thursday, and Fridays. New episodes all the time coming out. So uh, again, make sure you find out because you subscribe. Uh, Until next time, have a good one. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.